With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, lady. It's Dr. Dom here. If you like this show and you want to make your own, let me tell you about the free platform, Anchor. It's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. You can add songs from Spotify and create any type of content that you are looking for. Anchor will distribute it all for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey, lady. If you're looking for that extra dose of behind-the-scenes content that Terry and I put out after every episode, go to herspacepodcast.com, click Patreon, Wisdom Wednesdays with Terry, and you will be taken to our Patreon page where for the entire month of September, you will have free access to our after shows. Check it out, and we hope that you become a subscriber. We pointed out so much stuff that we didn't even talk about the narratives that they put forth when they show these videos of how they intentionally try to find some negative thing about the person, right? Oh, we didn't touch on that thing. But there was so much other stuff. And I think, you know, as we reflect on episodes, like there's always after we usually after we end the episode, there's usually like something like, oh, shit, we forgot forgot to mention it. Yeah, yeah. In this episode, like, I feel like we touched on so many points that people yeah. might be aware of. I think our audience is aware of the negative stereotypes that they put out, right? So I, I think we're okay with not mentioning that. Yeah. But it just goes to how much of this gets put mm-hmm. out. Welcome to Her Space, a podcast dedicated to uplifting women like you. We're, we're your hosts. hosts. Dr. Dominique Broussard, a college professor and psychologist. And Terry Lomax, a techie and motivational speaker. In a world where Black women are often misrepresented and misunderstood, please join us as we initiate authentic conversations on everything from fibroids to fake friends and create a safe space where Black women can just be. Hey lady, it's Terry here from the Herspace podcast, and I have a question for you. Do you want to start your own podcast? Have you been thinking to yourself, you know what? I want to start a podcast, but you just haven't taken the leap. If that's you, I got you. I'm hosting a free podcasting masterclass where I'm going to teach you how to create your own podcast from start to finish. So visit terrylomax.com and click on the pink link in the middle of your screen and register for my free podcasting masterclass. Until the lions have their own historians, the history of the hunt will always glorify the hunter. And that quote comes to us from Chinua Achebe, author of Things Fall Apart. T, when you 
hear that quote, for me, it really speaks volumes about our narrative. And I can think about so many things that I know we're going to dive into today. But what comes up for you when you hear that? Well, and Dom, I think that is such a powerful quote. And it makes me think about that saying where there are three sides to a story, your story, my story, and the truth, right? And just thinking about how it really does depend on who is telling the narrative based on what perspective you get. So, I mean, it makes me think about you being in a place, right? You being, let's say, at a concert and you're down on the floor level and you're attending the concert and you see someone else like in nosebleeds. You're going to have different perspectives, even if you're at the same event. So for me, it just makes it so much more important for us to be mindful of who is telling our narrative and what is their vantage point, right? What are their intentions and all that stuff we're going to dive into today. But I think this quote is so powerful. What about you, Don? What comes up for you? Yeah, I think, you know, just truly thinking about who owns the story, right? So if we as a people are not telling our stories, then our perspective is going to be lost. And again, like you mentioned, like, what is the intention behind those who are telling our stories? not from our perspective. Like, are you telling the story from Christopher Columbus's perspective or the indigenous people who were already on the land that he, air quotes, discovered? You know what I mean? Like, because depending on who you talk to, you're going to have a very different story. And it makes me think about what we talked about down on our episode with Rachel, where we talked about, I think we talked about how oftentimes white people will say, oh, they brought slaves over on the ship. No, no, no. They brought doctors and teachers and, you know, they brought people who were established and living their lives, you know, and and they were professionals and they had their own way of living, but it all depends on who is telling the story. So that takes us right into our topic of the day, Dom, where we talk about media and defining media and what that means. And so I think, you know, when we were talking about, okay, we want to have a conversation about media what does that even mean? What is media, right? And so we kind of look that up and we see that media is really the main means of mass communication. So broadcasting, publishing, and the internet, right? Regarded collectively. So you think about social media, you think about news media, advertisements, newspapers, film. There are so many ways in which we are consuming media. And of course, we're often influenced by the media that we consume, right? Because there's usually a message or some type of reinforcement that we are getting from the media that we consume. It's really powerful stuff too. Media can be very powerful. It really truly can. You know, I think about my day-to-day and how heavy the influence is that media plays, right? So I generally watch the news maybe once a day. But then I also read the news through like online print articles. But then depending on how much time I have throughout the course of my day, I may get on Twitter and read articles that someone shared via Twitter. And then I think about conversations that I have with people and the information that they're passing along to me that they received from somewhere. And so media truly 
has an influence on us. That's right. And so T, when we think about like the influence that media really has, one of the terms that I know comes up is this concept of propaganda. And so do you want to tell us a little bit about like, because you did the research for us and like really trying to understand what is propaganda and where did it come from and how is it used? Yes, Dom. So I will say when I researched propaganda in the United States specifically, it talked about how you know, propaganda in the U.S. is spread by both government and media entities. And propaganda is information, ideas, or rumors deliberately spread widely to influence opinions, usually to preserve the self-interest of a nation. And I think about when I was first introduced to this concept of propaganda, and I remember hearing this, many of you probably remember this as well, lady. I remember hearing about propaganda when I was in school and we learned about the Holocaust. And There was so much that we learned about. We took a significant amount of the year reading books and learning about Anne Frank and things like that. But what I remember is I just thought how powerful this medium is for you to tell a lie in such a compelling way and to use these different platforms to perpetuate a lie that people buy in and they begin to believe it. And then when I was researching on the Holocaust Encyclopedia, it talked about how the Nazis effectively used propaganda to win the support of millions, okay, millions of Germans in a democracy and later in a dictatorship. And they used that to facilitate persecution, war, and ultimately genocide. I mean, those are major moments in life when you think about persecution, war, and a genocide of a people. Like, to get people to buy into that, that's so major. and so. You know, when you think about stereotypes and images found in Nazi propaganda, they weren't new. It was already familiar to their intended audience. And so it's just powerful stuff that I think we have to be mindful of. And so that's why I'm really excited that we're talking about this today, because we'll talk about this a little later. There was a moment recently where I had to check myself because I consumed a certain media and I was like, oh, wow, my perspective was shifted. And when I began to ask critical questions and do my own research, I was like, oh, wait, 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 this was a one-sided story, right? So when you think about the U.S. and propaganda, World War One, right? The first large-scale use of propaganda by the U.S. government. And they used, you know, the government enlisted the help of citizens and children to help promote war bonds and stamps to stimulate the economy, right? You think about the Cold War, you can look up propaganda they used for the Cold War and also the war on drugs, right? The war on terrorism, right? The Iraqi war, all that stuff. You think about how the media has an agenda and they're pushing that agenda by way of propaganda through film, through news, through social media, through all of these various mediums. And so we really have to be mindful of what we are consuming. And we'll dive into that in a bit. But Dom, I want to ask you, what has your relationship been like with media or even propaganda over the years? And have you noticed anything in your upbringing as it relates to media? So there's a couple of things that you were saying, like as you were pointing out, like how propaganda was used by the Nazis, but then also used in the U.S. And the examples that you found in the research mostly centered on things that happened to white identified people, right? Until you got to the examples of the war on drugs. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it just, there's so many layers to this, right? Yeah. I think that that in and of itself is part of this narrative that's not really ours. 
as you were talking, I immediately started thinking about how recently the companies that produce Aunt Jemima syrup and Uncle Ben's rice, Mm -hmm. how those are everyday products. Like I literally have some Uncle Ben's rice sitting in my pantry right now. And if I hadn't switched to like really liking maple syrup, I probably would have some Aunt Jemima syrup in my pantry as well. But I just think about those little everyday products that we use and how that is propaganda as well, how that shapes our image, right? Because if we think about the image of Uncle Ben and where that came from, and we think about the image of Aunt Jemima and where that came from, and when we see that on our syrup and our rice, and it's something that we use every day. So there are like even small, subtle ways in which our narrative is being fed to us that we aren't necessarily aware of all the time. And um, I know you're going to dive into this shortly, but I will say when I was doing my research, you made a good point. I noticed that from what I saw, right, because I didn't like do an extensive research study. I just kind of did some Googling, looked at a few articles, read over them. And a lot of the propaganda articles were about, like you said, mostly impacting white people. I mean, because we know that the propaganda when it comes to people of color, minorities and black people specifically, it is alive and well, but they didn't really talk about that, right? You have to go to certain sources to see where are they going to talk about the things that relate to our narrative because it's totally going on. So I'm going to pass the mic to you, Dom, because I know you're going to dive in a bit deeper on how propaganda is used for our community specifically. Yes. So I'm teaching a class this semester, and one of the books that the students are reading is Post-Traumatic Slave Syndrome by Dr. Joy DeGruy. And One of the things that she points out in the book, she talks about how media, the influence of media, but the example that she specifically cites is the L.A. riots from 1992. After we saw on TV Rodney King being beaten by LAPD and outside of the civil rights movement, That was probably the next time that we are actually seeing a Black man being brutalized by the police, right? Now, when we think about that, and I want us to like just pause for a moment and think about the images that come to our mind. When we think about what we remember seeing about the LA riots. And even right now, Netflix has two documentaries on the LA riots. I watched both of them and I can guarantee you what I'm about to share was not mentioned, okay? What Dr. Joy DeGruy pointed out was that over 50% of the people who were rioting and looting were of Latino descent. And the other half was a mix of Asian, white, and African-American. 
All right, lady, it's about that time. Dom and I want to share a few sponsors with you that we believe you'd enjoy. So stay tuned, get those promo codes, and we'll hop right back into this informative conversation. Lady, as you know, this month is Women's History Month, and it's a great opportunity to highlight the stories of Black women specifically. Black representation holds significant importance in conveying possibilities to everyone, not just those of us in the Black community. I can recall growing up watching Oprah Winfrey and the Black newscasters in my hometown of New Orleans, and it showed me the importance of sharing my own stories and using my own voice. Well, the next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's latest collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today told from a unique Black perspective. From Tracy Ellis Ross to Beyonce's Renaissance, Michelle Obama to the women behind the Montgomery bus boycott, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. What I love most about Black stories, Black truths is the fact that the stories are from us and they cover topics we want to hear. I recently listened to an episode called Tracy Ellis Ross is an Icon and Our Favorite Rich Auntie And it was just such a breath of fresh air to hear her perspective on her new projects, what she loves most about podcasts, and how she feels about being called the rich black auntie. It was good. Now, you know, black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, nuanced, and Black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be told about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get your podcasts. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now, what I can say from what I saw in those documentaries and from what I can recall being a child watching the news, all of the images were about our people, Black folks, rioting and looting. Hell, I think about the images after Hurricane Katrina. Now, that was one of the first times in our history that we truly got to see how the role a natural disaster can play depending upon your class, your socioeconomic status, right? But when we think about the images that were shown in the media, 
what most people can conjure up in their minds are images of black folks, quote unquote, looting, right? And then this narrative of white folks searching for resources. Child. Right? Mm, 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 mm. And so when you think about what seeing that does for you, how does that shape your image of Black folks in America? If that's what you see on the news, if we go back to the example you gave about the propaganda in terms of the war on drugs, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, we know the reality is that these drugs were intentionally implanted into the black community, right? Yes. Yep. And so we know that, but what's the narrative? What's the narrative? Dom, really quick. It makes me think about how black people were demonized, criminalized, ostracized during that time for these drugs that were planted in our communities, right? Lady research that if you're not familiar. And then I think about this opioid crisis And now all of a sudden, the people that are, again, drugs are drugs, right? The people that are suffering from addiction, the people that are impacted by the opioid crisis are more white people than black people, right? And now they're talking about rehabilitation. They're talking about offering resources for these folks. And my thing is just like the discrepancies are so disgusting at times with the way that you know, Black people are portrayed in media opposed to white people or other folks. And so for me, it's like, just have the playing field be even, right? If you're going to be shitty to people and just lie and paint these narratives, do it for everyone or just be fair. Because when you look at the discrepancies, it's just so blatant. And it makes me think about how, like you were saying, how does this impact your view on certain people? Because whether you know it or not, we are being programmed, right? When we consume the media, we are being programmed. Unless we're, you know, thinking critically, we're asking ourselves these questions, but you just flip on the news and you're like, you know, you're become this black person. It's like, damn, black people are always doing this. Black people. And it's like, um, that's what we're shown, right? There are black millionaires and billionaires in this world who are successful, who are, you know, just living right. I mean, they're doing their thing, but they only show us these, in some cases, outliers or anomalies or, or bad cases. And then that perpetuates the stereotypes that Black people have often had, right? So you're spot on with that, Dom. Yes. Think about it, right? Like you, you brought up a real one right there with that, the comparison of the opioid epidemic versus the crack epidemic, right? Like, just think about that. Like what that narrative is really telling us. You know, you think about they would call kids who were born in the late 80s and the 90s crack babies, right? And so are we calling the kids that are born out of this opioid epidemic coke babies? Are we calling them opioid babies? And I know that disparaging of names of any kind are wrong, but that goes back to what you were saying about evening the playing field, right? What If we're going to use disparaging names, Everybody should get the disparaging name, right? And that brings me to thinking about modern day imagery around the killing of Black folks, Mm -hmm. right? And I think about how many times you turn on the news or you're scrolling through your 
social media feed or you're turning on the news and you're seeing imagery, video of black people being murdered by the police. And what message is that sending to us? There's this first piece of the trauma that it causes us as black folks to constantly have this image, this message of our lives do not matter. Hence, Black Lives Matter movement, right? Hello. But then there's also this piece of psychological control. Mm. Because if I'm watching this, the message that I get is that I need to be on my best behavior when I'm engaging with the police. Otherwise, I could lose my life. That's psychological control. And it goes back to Jim Crow era and slavery. You know, thinking about how on the plantation, the white slave owner, when one of the enslaved people would, quote unquote, commit a crime, they would bring that person out in front of everyone and beat them. or They would do things like rape the women in front of their husbands to inflict this psychological control. Then we move to the Jim Crow era with lynchings to, again, send the message. Black folks, you step out of line. This is what's going to happen to you. And stepping out of line means doing anything that we as white folks don't like. So in some instances, just our mere existence. I was about to say, Dom, not even that you don't like, though, just existing, just showing up with your black face and your black body is like, boom, you're a victim, you know? Right. Yes. You hit the nail on the head. Like the dress you're wearing today. So you got to go. That type of psychological control, controlling the narrative. What message is that sending to us? That's sending to us, again, one that we need to be, that we're supposed to be controlled, right? But continuing to send the message that we are not worthy. And if we're being real, lynchings still happen today. No, really, Tom? I thought they were suicides. That's what the news said. Right? Right? Oh. That narrative. The narrative. Come on. Come on. Of, okay, so the police know that these are lynchings, but they will still report it as suicides, intentionally report it as suicides. Why is that? Why do you believe they do that? Well, think about it. We are in the year of our Lord, 2020. Mm. Aren't we supposed to be progressive? Mm-hmm. Aren- a post-racial society, mm-hmm. if we put out this message, what you thought was a lynching was actually a suicide, then we can gaslight you. Mm-hmm. So now you're second guessing yourself because that's what gaslighting causes you to do. That's right. You recognize what's real. You call it out. And then you're told, no, that's not what you saw. You're crazy. What? You saw something else. Exactly. Now you start to question your every movement and you start to wonder, well, I guess that person might be right. So now they can continue their psychological control 
by pushing other narratives on you as well. And not just on you, but to everyone else. So now everyone else, every other non-Black person who gets this narrative starts to believe that narrative. Mm-hmm. It's deep, Tom. Cool, child. Yeah, it's deep. And I think that taking a moment too, like I posted something on my page this week. Oh gosh, after, you know, seeing that Chadwick Boseman passed away, which was so sad for I know many folks, especially in the Black community because of what he represented. And it was just really tough. So I posted something about, you know, holding space for ourselves to be honest and realize this is a really fucking tough time that we are going through as a people especially Black people, because of the many layers, right? I think about what I'm going through in this, you know, in the Bay Area, or in San Francisco specifically, but us in the Bay Area with, you know, you got COVID. We still haven't even opened up, y'all, okay? I haven't been, and I know this is a first world problem, but I'm just saying, I haven't been to the nail shop, y'all, since March, all right? Like, it's still closed because cases are rising now. I think about the wildfires and our air quality being bad. So now taking a walk, going outside, that's taking a toll on you. You know, we're already working from home. And then you factor in the racial injustice and seeing Black people. I saw something else on social media before we tuned in. And I just had to scroll down because I literally, it's hard. One, I don't watch the videos. That's just already a no-no. We talked about that the last time. I think we did an episode about where we talked about George Floyd and Breonna Taylor. So I definitely don't watch the videos, but just seeing that I think it was in LA, another Black man was murdered by police. And I was like, oh, okay. I can't, I don't have the mental bandwidth to do this. You know, I have to figure out what I need to do for my mental health already. So you think about all that we're going through. I think holding space for yourself and realizing it's okay to cry. You know, some people feel numb right now. This is one hell of a year. And I often say this to myself, like it's an uncomfortable, but necessary time because I do believe that the things that are happening in the world right now, they're happening for a greater purpose. I may not understand it right now, but I think that, you know, they're bringing awareness to certain things that have been sort of under the surface for so long, right? Yeah, we may not understand why everything's happening, but I think remaining hopeful while also giving ourselves the permission to feel all of these emotions is so key because this is a lot, Dom. It is. It, it's truly a lot. And I think... You know, I'm not a historian, so I'm not perfect in knowing all of the historical events, right? So I may not get the dates right, but what I do know is that history will repeat itself until we get it right. Mm -hmm. And so I think about, you know, over the past weekend, the March on Washington, commemorating over 50 years ago that this march took place, right? And even though it was supposed to be a commemoration, it was also about this shit is still happening. We still need this change. Mm -hmm. And so I think about MLK, who has been quoted as saying that like rioting even though, because again, let's go back to like the narrative, right? Because the narrative is that MLK was all about nonviolence, right? Mm-hmm. But he has been quoted as saying that rioting and protesting are the way for people who have been unseen and unheard to have their voices heard, right? 
So if I keep yelling to you, help, help, and you ignore my cries, then what is it going to take? What do I need to do for you to hear my cry and do something to help me? Mm -hmm. Well, that usually means I need to be in your face. And you need to be made to feel uncomfortable because then once you are uncomfortable, you will be propelled to move, to do something. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's what this is. And so I want us, as we think about how we control our narrative, I want us to think about how is this information really being fed to us? Like, what is the intention behind the stories that we are receiving? You know. These videos and these stories of so many Black folks being killed by police, again, is intentional to keep us oppressed and subjugated. And living out of fear, you know? Yes. It's hard to move and progress when you're on that low vibration of fear. Like, Dom, I was thinking we went for a drive down to like Palo Alto over the weekend And girl, we saw a police car on the highway and the anxiety, I didn't even tell my husband, but the anxiety I felt in the passenger seat, I was just like, damn, that's so crazy. Like, all right, lady, it's about that time. Dom and I want to share a few sponsors with you that we believe you'd enjoy. So stay tuned, get those promo codes, and we'll hop right back into this informative conversation. Lady, as you know, this month is Women's History Month. And it's a great opportunity to highlight the stories of Black women specifically. Black representation holds significant importance in conveying possibilities to everyone, not just those of us in the Black community. I can recall growing up watching Oprah Winfrey and the Black newscasters in my hometown of New Orleans. And it showed me the importance of sharing my own stories and using my own voice. Well, the next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's latest collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Tracy Ellis Ross to Beyonce's Renaissance, Michelle Obama to the women behind the Montgomery bus boycott, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. What I love most about Black stories, Black truths is the fact that the stories are from us and they cover topics we want to hear. I recently listened to an episode called Tracy Ellis Ross is an Icon and Our Favorite Rich Auntie. And it was just such a breath of fresh air to hear her perspective on her new projects, what she loves most about podcasts, and how she feels about being called the Rich Black Auntie. It was good. Now, you know, Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, nuanced, and Black 
as the country we reflect. Stories should never be told about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get your podcasts. We're literally just driving on the freeway and he could pull us over and something could happen. And I just got super tense. And I was just like, okay, I hope, you know, he drives off. He ends up pulling someone else over. But like, we shouldn't have to live like that. You know what I mean? But they want us to, right? Mm-hmm. I agree. That is not a way to live. No. What's happening is when we are living like that, our sympathetic nervous system is constantly being activated. And when we talk about the medical, the physical health concerns that we experience as a people, well, that's because we are constantly being activated. Yeah, stress, trauma, all that. That causes deterioration of our physical bodies. And then we get into the medical system and we try to tell the medical professionals when we do get over the past hurts, the past wrongs of the medical system, when we can bypass that enough to advocate for ourselves, we get ignored. Mm -hmm. So again, we're being fed the message. Something is wrong with us. We are misinterpreting. We don't know better. And um, before we dive into how to consume media in a healthy way, you know, we talked a bit about how media, how film, movies, all of these things can change and shape our minds and our thinking. And you asked some really good questions that I think we should definitely think about as we are tuning into media. And one of the things that I wanted to point out is that, you know, I was telling you before we started recording that I had watched the American Playboy, the Hugh Hefner story. And I mean, when I tell you this series, I think it's on Amazon. It was so good, Dom. I binge watched it in like a weekend. And after watching it, I was very surprised, like, because I was very inspired, like as a creative and entrepreneur, I was so inspired. And I was like, wow, everyone should watch this. Hugh Hefner's story, so great. And then I was like, let me go do my research. I started reading some of the reviews and there were definitely some mixed reviews. Like he was part of the docu-series or whatever you want to call it. and so. He obviously painted himself in a very good light. I want to say, yes, he, you know, came from the bottom and he had these, I want to say, revolutionary journey in, you know, media and business and all that. But there was also a lot of things that I researched that were not in the film that made you kind of side eye him like, hmm, okay, that wasn't really good. Okay, that's what was going on. And so it just reminded me of how we need to fact check. We need to do our own research. We can't just take everything at face value that we see on social media, right? We really do need to be mindful of how our minds are being influenced because whether we know it or not, whether we want to admit it or not, they are being influenced. And so if we are not owning our narrative, taking control over what we are consuming, then we'll find ourselves in situations where we are going along with what everyone else thinks, right? Or going along with a narrative that we might not even believe, but because it was fed to us, we're like, okay, it's easier to just believe this instead of doing my own research, right? So lady, we want to talk about, I know we covered a lot today, but this is such important information that we need to just be privy of, especially when it comes to our children and what they're tuning into. I mean, that's just a whole nother conversation. So we want to, Right. We want to end up on ways to consume media in a healthy way that can help us all as we are bombarded with social media, Netflix. I mean, you have so many different shows coming out. 
where it's like history air quotes, but whose perspective is it coming from? Right. So just we've got to be healthy, right? When we are consuming this content. So Dom, I'm going to pass the mic over to you to dive into our first tip. Yeah. So our first tip is to know your sources, right? Know your sources. Fox News. That's one that we all generally know is conservative media. And they still have not figured out how to pronounce Kamala Harris right. And let me not, let me back up. It's not that they haven't figured it out. They intentionally choose to mispronounce her name, right? So know your sources. So on one end of the spectrum, we know Fox News is not the source for us. They are not telling our narrative. But also, let's not be so quick to follow CNN. Yeah. Or MSNBC. Or even like your local news, right? Because again, they have agendas that they're following. They are being paid by larger companies. And so you want to be aware of what is influencing those sources and how they are providing the information to you. So I could do a better job of like PBS like watching the news on PBS because that's public broadcasting. Like what is their phrase paid for by viewers like you? Mm -hmm. So that means the public, we are putting into that, right? The other thing that like I have heard and I have done, but need to be better about is news from outside of the U S because they often share things with us that are happening in our country that we don't know about. Dom, I will say, I think I have to do a better job of this too, because I don't typically watch the news often because I am still working on my mental health plan. And right now it's not in my best interest, but I still keep up to date with certain things that are important. But I will say, I think it is important to tune into media that we might disagree with, right? Like I might watch Fox News just to see what kind of bullshit are they spewing these days? Like, what is the narrative? What is the rhetoric? What are they sharing? Just so I can be aware of other people's perspectives out there that I may engage with, right, and interact with. And so I think it is important to also, you know, tune into media that you don't necessarily agree with just to see what else is out there. But again, we want to be mindful of what we are accepting as truth, right? Like, I like that idea of that's a really valid point of like knowing what the other side is saying, you know, so that you have all perspectives in front of you, right? And you can make an informed decision on what you choose to consume. Yep, that's right. I would agree with that, Dom. And I think that takes us to number two, which is ask questions, right? Use your critical thinking skills. So anytime you see a news story, what's the intention here, right? I don't think the news was intended to be a feel-good broadcasting experience for us, right? Like the news isn't like, oh yeah, we're going to give you butterflies and sunshine. No, that's not what I get when it comes to intention. That's just not what I, that's not what I get, right? So what is the intention? Who is the messenger? Who is the storyteller? Yes, it's important to be informed, but also we want to look at the intention behind the way that you're being informed, right? What political messages are we getting? How is this driving the agendas that we believe are being pushed in the background, right? So just asking ourselves questions as we consume this content. Right. And, you know, I think 
as we have been talking today, we've, we've talked about controlling our narrative, right? As we're talking, I keep in my mind going back to our quote of the day about who is telling the story. And, but I'm also reminded that again, all skin folk ain't kin folk. So, okay. some, you know, people that we will not name like to put out stories, like to twist the narrative for their own benefit. And so again, that goes back to, like we said, like tip two is of really asking who is this person that's sharing this with me and what is their intention behind them sharing this with me now? Yes, Tom, you hit the nail on the motherfucking head, okay? Girl, I think we should question everything. Like, lady, if you're listening to Dom and I and we start talking sideways or we say some shit that you're just like, "Mm, pause, go do your research. Go do your research research us and understand like what are their intentions what are they trying to do because i personally believe that what i mean you can probably tell what we're trying to do with this platform our goal is to uplift our community especially black women and so there are black people out there unfortunately who don't mean black people well who don't love black people and we need to be mindful of that and you know just because we see a black person promoted to a certain space or just because we see a black person in a certain powerful position we still need to question them and their intentions as well, right? Because I think oftentimes I love the concept of like, I'm voting for everybody Black and everybody Black. But the caveat and the asterisk is, what is this Black person standing for? What are their intentions, right? Because if you're a Black person that is supporting and driving white supremacy, then we're not going to fuck with you. Like, that's just not what we're doing here. You know what I mean? So it's important. Research everyone, question everything. I mean, I find myself going back to thinking about... <laughs> started on the plantation right of yeah. you get a black person to be the overseer yes mm-hmm. so you have another black person coming in telling other black folks what to do how to be mm-hmm. and given that taste of power to use discipline enforce exactly. discipline so then cool child yes yes, yes. Every know that all skin folk truly ain't kin folk. And watch out for that episode because we're going we're going to do an episode on that. Okay, it's coming soon. <laughs> and then tip number three: limit the news and social media. You know, T, you talked about this, like of how part of your mental health plan is to not consume the news. We don't have to be watching the news. 24-7, even though it's available to us 24-7. We don't have to consume it. We can also be intentional on who we follow on social media. See, I know you've talked about this before in multiple episodes about how mm-hmm. you keep the number of people that you follow on social media pretty limited and you focus on people who are putting out positivity. Yes. And it helps tremendously, Dom. Oh my gosh. It really does. But I think that that speaks to your mental health plan, right? And I think for some of us, it means that we limit our news intake to once a day, or we decide that we're going to take a social media break when things are getting too heavy. You know, I saw a couple of folks over the weekend posting that they notifying their followers that they were going to take a social media break because they needed some space from all that we were receiving in the news, all of the mm-hmm. neck that we were receiving. Yes. And so just to kind of recap for us, the ways in which we can consume media in a healthy way 
is to first know your sources. Two, ask questions. And three, limit the news and social media. Thank you so much for listening. We're sending you big virtual hugs because I know this is a tough time for us all. And we'll see you next week. Hey, lady, it's Dr. Dom here from the Her Space podcast. Do you have a burning question you're dying to get feedback on? Do you want an unbiased perspective on a situation you're facing? If so, visit herspacepodcast.com and click Ask Dr. Dom under the Start Here option. Every Tuesday, I'll choose a few questions and answer them at random. Today's episode is sure to provide you with motivation, inspiration, or even a fresh perspective. If you have any aha moments or if you feel comforted throughout the episode, lady, please leave us a review and tell us what we're doing right so we can stay on track. Also, we release episodes every Friday, so be sure to subscribe on iTunes and visit herspacepodcast.com and enter your email address to get updates about our live events and all of the new beginnings that we have for this year. Thanks for joining us today in Herspace. Please note that our show may contain conversations about self-help, advice, self-empowerment, and mental health. But it is by no means meant to be a substitute for an ongoing formal relationship with a trained mental health provider. If you or someone you know is in need of mental health care, please visit the Therapy for Black Girls directory, Psychology Today, or contact your insurance provider. If you liked what you heard and want to keep the conversation going, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at HerSpacePodcast or check out our website at herspacepodcast.com. And before we meet again, repeat after me. I am not limited by any past thinking. I choose my thoughts with care. We'll see you next week, lady. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.